welcome to Word with Dave Clay, and uh, I need an accomplice. That's me. <laughs> do, you, do you fit the bill? I don't know. How do you I know guess. what an accomplice is? I don't know. I'm just kind of, I guess I am your accomplice. At least I'm here. You couldn't find anyone better. A brother better. in arms, as he used to say. You couldn't find anyone better. Yeah, you have to have somebody to talk to. Uh, so, who are you? I am Sam. Sam, my accomplice. So, Sam, I'm going to give you an option, right? Yes. Uh, I'm going to take this out of psychology today. Uh, and just for the sake of trying to be thorough... It would be the October 2021 edition, which I'm sure you probably have uh, read already. Oh, yes. Seeing how your mind is turned to psychological things. I am your accomplice, so I must read, yes. <laughs> you are. And even if you don't read, you have to be agreeable. Yes. That's part of yes. the requirement. But you know what? I'm a man about choices. Yes, you are. I think choices are everything. Right? It's important in life to feel like you've got a choice. Indeed. So I'm going to give you a choice. Yes. Uh, because in Psychology Today, particularly the October 2021 edition, there's many articles. And as I was kind of leafing through it to figure out what we were going to talk about on the program, podcast, I decided upon two. Uh, and I'll give you your choice. Oh. See, choice not only are you accomplice, but you have... I get an input. You have, <laughs> you have some I input. I made it big time. You have some input. Uh, yeah, now, now you've made it big time. Uh, we could either discuss this really brief article on age of onset earlier than you think, or or we could discuss the late night blues. Hmm, let's see. Many, many choices here. Let's go with the second choice. The late night blues. Yes. Okay. Going to bed just a little bit earlier could help night owls guard their mental health. Being a morning lark... <laughs> do you even know what a lark is? No, I do not. I think it's a bird. Oh, yes. Or a night owl is largely driven by genetics. And each chronotype has been found to have its pros and cons. Now, what does that mean? Positives and then negatives. <laughs> but the genetic piece would be that we were just born that way. But a large study suggests that people who tend to go to sleep and wake up early may have one surprising advantage over late sleepers. A lower risk of clinical depression. The study, published in the Journal of Applied, or I think it's JAMA, uh, Medical Association, Psychiatry, analyzed 840,000 people measuring both gene variants associated with morning diurnal preference, otherwise known as the morning lark chronotype, <laughs> as well as accelerometer data tracking some participants' sleep habits. Those who sleep midpoint the halfway point between going to sleep and waking up fell earlier in the night were at a significantly lower risk of depression than those whose midpoint fell later. Overall, risk dropped about 23% with each hour. The authors note that reduced daytime light exposure 
may be one possible cause of night owls' greater tendency toward depression. Chronotypes are largely determined by genetics and are difficult to overhaul completely, but night owls needn't despair because hitting one's sleep midpoint even an hour earlier was associated with such reduced risk. It's likely that night owls don't need to start rising at dawn to see benefits. Instead, the findings suggest that moving one's bedtime forward, even by just one hour, could be a way to make a meaningful impact on one's mood and mental health. And the author of this is Christopher Berglund, who we want to give full credit to. Thank you, Christopher. So, <laughs> I guess if you stay up late and you sleep late, you're more apt to be depressed. Yes, I, I can definitely uh, see where he's coming from with that because I know if I go to sleep late and wake up later in the day, I just feel so sluggish and I feel like I just don't want to do anything. I just feel kind of like, Bleh. But if I go to sleep earlier and wake up earlier, I tend to feel more energized. I still have a lot of the day left. I can still just keep going about my day a little bit easier than whenever I wake up. Well, I'm going to look up the G-A-M-J, the G, the J-A-M-A psychiatry, just to make sure that I'm citing it uh, where the study was initially published correctly. But basically, that's a pretty large amount of people, 840,000 people. That's a good sample size. And they were looking at genes and then what they call this chronotype, which I guess really then speaks to the fact that there's a genetic link in it and that certain individuals fall into certain categories. That's part of probably the study. Uh, and I guess the uh, thesis or the hypothesis was that possibly one was less apt to be depressed than the other. It doesn't give us all that information. But I do think that the uh, making the case that this has some sort of a biochemical basis, which is kind of what you were saying, is probably true. Why do you think that might be? Um, I feel like just whenever you go to bed earlier, your body has more time to just kind of like recharge and just, I don't know, just gives you more time to just rest, rest up after a long day, a long day of stress. And then usually if you go to bed earlier, you can wake up earlier because you've started the process of recharging yourself earlier, which will then in turn be able to make you, let you allow you to wake up earlier. But if you go to bed later, it just makes the whole process longer because you still have to uh, think about it like charging like your phone. If you start start charging your phone at six, it'll probably be ready by seven to go. But if you start charging at like eleven, it's not gonna be ready till like twelve. So you start the process later. It's gonna take longer, well not longer. It'll take the same amount of time, but that amount of time is started later, which causes it to be finished later than when you would have started earlier. Well. I read this. I'll consolidate what you just got through saying. Reflect yes. on it, but I'll read this. I looked up the J A M A JAMA. Yeah, JAMA, yes. Psychiatry. Yes, they and, seem they seem <laughs> official. <laughs> well, and I'm sure it's got something to do with journal, uh, but it doesn't really give me what the acronym is. But it tells me what it is. JAMA Psychiatry is an international peer-reviewed journal for clinicians, scholars, and research scientists in psychiatry and mental health. Well, that's not good. That article, the website is not very well. Yeah, I'm sure it's official, but I just got out of my English discourse and composition class, and I know that if you 
reference an acronym, you have to spell out the full <laughs> the full meaning of it before you use the acronym so that you're doing it right. And it may not even be an acronym. I mean, no. it may just be like it somebody's, could be a word, it right. could be somebody's name. Yeah. I don't I think it's an acronym, and I think it's a, something about the Journal of Applied Medical something. But yes, not to lose our focus on that. There's more. Well, no, there's nothing more. Oh, there more. Okay. <laughs> I can't say anything more uh, for the website, that is. But I can go back to what you were saying. Because I do know this. I know that the stages of sleep are very important. I know that there are a number of stages that have to do with each stage. Uh, kind of can be specific to physical restoration and then psychological restoration. And uh, with that, I think that uh, in a general sort of way, fast wave sleep, which is rapid eye movement sleep, has always sort of been associated with the psychological, the idea that, that helps us in terms of psychology, dealing with stress, managing life stressors. And with that then, whatever the biochemistry that underlies depression, because that's a psychological phenomenon, right? Depression. Uh, we would then believe that somehow sleep is really correlate, connected to our psychological or emotional state. But now what's really kind of perplexing to me though is it seems like it's got some sort of a biorhythm associated with it because it's talking about an optimal window of sleep because it, it didn't really mention number of hours of sleep. It just meant time. Yes, it did mention specific hours, yeah, but well. it's like go to bed an hour earlier, but yeah. it didn't like... Like eight or nine. Yeah, yeah it wasn't a specific hour as far as on the clock. Yes. So for me then, if it's got a biorhythm thing, is it tied to some sort of chronological, chronology, uh, daylight, dark cycle. We also know that individuals who uh, have seasonal affective disorder have some of the same sort of issues that when the daylight, the, the amount of light changes, that it can affect their mood and can trigger seasonal affective depression. As with that, again, idea of an emotional connection to a biorhythm or a sleep cycle, so to speak, that's kind of naturally programmed into all of us. Something I, kind of elaborating on what you're saying, in the summertime it's usually dark, or it doesn't get dark till like about 9 or sometimes even 9.30 on the longest days. So maybe, my theory could maybe be that if you go to bed around 8 or 9.30 when it's still light out, you could maybe, kind of going along with that seasonal defective disorder, it's darker earlier, you go to bed maybe feeling a little bit more like happy and not as stressed. So I mean, you get your sleep easier, I'm not really sure, maybe that could be something. Could be something. Could be. It's also interesting to think too, that whenever the time changes yes. between daylight savings time and uh, otherwise, it usually shifts about an hour. Yeah, it does. And how's it go? Spring forward and fall back? I know it gets darker earlier now, so I don't know, I'm not really sure. I, I mean, I know it happens, but it's not really something I remember off the top of my head. Mm, yeah, well, I, yes, and that's probably again. <laughs> little bit of a rabbit trail or getting out in the weeds just like the drama thing was oh, looking up the drama thing but but the idea the notion therein would be and maybe there's something to be said about going to bed earlier right or later but maybe it is tied to more daylight 
darkness than it is actually even uh, some sort of just arbitrary set point on a clock. You know, if you're traditionally somebody who likes to stay up later, then try to go to bed earlier. But even if you are one of those individuals that tends to be a night owl or nocturnal in their nature, uh, it does seem like though that syncing yourself up, synchronizing uh, your waking and sleeping cycles with when the likelihood of daylight or the beginning of a day versus what traditionally maybe has been seen as the end of a day might be an important consideration. I feel like this could be true. This is a little bit off of what you're saying, but I feel like if you can go to bed at the same time every night or around the same time and wake up around the same time every morning, it's good for you because you don't you get a routine going and you don't get all out of whack. Let's say you can go to bed about 9 every night and wake up about 6. That's probably better than going to bed like at 11 one night and then 8 the next and waking up the first night whenever you go to bed at 11 and waking up at like 8 or 9 and then being able to go to bed at 9 the next night waking up at 6 your body's kind of thrown off its rhythm and it's not it's not ideal and it's a little bit harder I think to, to get out of that rhythm as it would be to stay in the rhythm it's easier with the rhythm I believe and of course as I read that uh, right out of psychology today it did speak of diurnal <laughs> it's not it's not one of those words that you hear every day. So for the sake of our audience and making sure that I'm correct in my interpretation of what um, that means, uh, it does say that is daily diurnal rhythms. So so it would speak to some sort of and of course the, the notion of daily of or during the day. The notion that somehow it does coincide with what we consider to be daytime. But that also brings up an important kind of thought. Because some people, their day is at night. Not necessarily just in terms of these biorhythms or this idea of a morning lark or, <laughs> or a night owl, as the author chose to describe it. But some people have to work. Yeah, some people work at night. At it's night? Just, yeah, it's a whole different thing. Now, I don't have a study necessarily to reference, but I can say anecdotally that I have never met anyone who works at night that does not have at least some complications that go along with it. Now, I don't know that it's always, again, something endogenous to them, that somehow they're depressed or they have some sort of depression or emotional condition as a result of it, just from inside of them on a biochemical bodily sort of basis. Or maybe it's because while they're working, everybody else is asleep. <laughs> yeah, I think this is kind of like a routine thing. And I think especially whenever, like, before you grow up and you get old enough to have a job and, like, work a full-time job that requires a night shift working, I think you're just so used to going to bed at like around the like nine or ten, you know, just like normal anytime sleep hours, and then having to then wake it up in the morning to go do stuff. That's gonna throw your whole body off and throw your whole routine off. Going to bed in the day, like in the morning, waking up for the night shift. I feel like it's almost like it's like jet lag whenever you go on a plane. It's kind of as if you you stay up late to like catch a late night flight. And then you wake up in the morning and your just whole routine's off. It's probably why you feel so bad along those lines. So all these things that we're kind of talking about in terms of interpreting this particular study or what significance it has to us or what it means, 
we should probably test it, right? That would be then the purpose of research. We could come up with a hypothesis. But you know, I'm following you, and I am inclined to also agree with you on this point. Maybe it's what you're used to. The routine thing again. Because once I do get past the jet lag, right, crossover several time zones, I can usually adjust, and my body usually does adjust, I don't know that it's always because of light, daytime, nighttime. Maybe it's just the biorhythm. Maybe it's energy levels. Maybe I show a preference. But, you know, again, maybe that's genetic entirely. Uh, but it does seem like a lot of that has to do with conditioning. But I can make an adjustment. And once that adjustment is kind of accomplished, then life goes a little bit easier. But until it happens, <laughs> and I don't know, have you ever had jet lag? Oh, I have. It's awful. It's awful. What does it feel like? It's just not good. You just feel like you're just bleh. You feel like you just have no sleep. It's like you're on like two or three, which is kind of what happens. You're not on much sleep at all because plane rides are horrible. And you just feel so just like gross and just out of energy. It's bad. And, and I think that's also then something to consider. Sleep deprivation in general, kind of going back to that thing we said earlier about the importance of the stages of sleep and that we go through all the stages, not just the earliest of stages, that we don't get awakened in, a, in kind of mid-sleep. So we get to conclude uh, that pattern, the prototypical pattern of all those stages sequentially uh, as they kind of unfold, uh, including the rapid eye movement, the psychological and the physical stages of physical and psychological restoration. But if you don't sleep, people also then start to have emotional problems. Whether it's sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic nervous system, this set of neurotransmitters on the sympathetic side, which is mostly stimulation, adrenaline, norepinephrine, or if it's parasympathetic, which is serotonin, dopamine, GABA, all of those endorphins, all of those neurotransmitters that are part of restoration, things get fouled up out of balance, which can create problems in and of themselves, right? Because yes. sleep deprivation it's not fun. is it's not, not good, good for you. No, it's not good. I uh, actually had a patient, and maybe it's worth <laughs> acknowledging for our uh, listeners that uh, my specialty is behavioral health. I am a uh, licensed clinical counselor, so I treat folks with these disorders and conditions. I make these diagnoses, uh, behavioral health, such as depression and anxiety. But I had a patient come in the other day and that was primarily the problem. Somehow, they stopped sleeping at night. <laughs> Sounds awful. It does. Can you imagine what might keep somebody awake all night? So many things, all the stresses and worries of the day. Stress. Anything, just worrying about. I know for me, it could be like a test coming up, or just if I got to finish something, or I got like a game coming up, or something. It's just the stresses of just it all can be hard to sleep. Or I'll wake up really early just because I'm like worried about. It. Sometimes I even wake up before my alarm, which is that's that's how you know I'm stressed. If I wake up before my alarm, that's it's not good. And and also that can be genetic. I think some people can be wired so to speak, to be more inclined to be anxious, to react to threats, stressors, uh, demands for adjustment, 
usually it's more than just a demand. It's got some bad thing that's attached to it or a negative consequence or it probably is not going to be all that stressful. It might be a more milder version of stress. But that can be possibly genetically linked. People might be more inclined to be anxious by nature. They may just be an anxious person. Or, <laughs> get this, even before they were born, while they were still inside of the mother, the maternal figure, if the mom is all stressed out, I think they call that in utero, right? I have, Uterus. I have, yeah. you're, yes, yes. Yes, I believe so. Before you're born, yes. right? Yes. Birthed, let's put it that way. That if the mom is stressed out, all that that goes into a stress reaction in it, the mom can cross carries, yeah, it carries down. Can cross the blood-brain barrier, is what they call it, and then begin to affect how the infant is wired. I the like, child is wired. I feel like that's kind of the same with like your cravings, like if you're a your mother likes, I don't know, let's say she likes spaghetti a lot or like her favorite food is like pizza. You're probably likely to like pizza because that's what you're being like being fed whenever you're like still in the womb and stuff. Do you like pizza? Oh, no, it's good. Yeah, that's why I thought of it. You <laughs> pizza. Know? Yeah. I like pizza too. But pizza keeps me awake at night, which is probably not necessarily related to what we're talking about. No, it just happens. But indigestion can, yes. right? Yes. But stress can create that same sort of, a, of an effect on yeah, your upper the, and lower GI as yeah, well. same type of thing. Yeah. But if you wake up in the middle of the night... And you're stressed out, and there's too much norepinephrine and adrenaline it's hard to go that's going through your body. Your thoughts are going to worrisome thoughts are going to probably keep you awake. It's hard to go back to sleep if you're really if you're really stressed. It you can be up for a while until you either just quit thinking about it. You're stressed out so much that you just end up stop thinking about it, or you just stay awake. I don't know. It's not good. No. And even though we're talking about anxiety and worry, what I have also come to an appreciation of is is that rather than seeing anxiety and depression as two separate conditions I try to see them along that line the continuum that's the line that exists between anxiety and depression because the same stuff that causes you to be anxious can also shut down all of the restorative things that make you feel better and that's what we're saying, the norepinephrine and adrenaline, because of the way that the homeostatic response is, the body, homeostasis, that balancing act that the body does on that biochemical level, the ones that are either inclined to make us awake or alert or vigilant, some stress, some threat we got to, to contend with, or to turn that off so that we can then sleep, because you can't sleep. When there's too much norepinephrine and adrenaline, yeah. too much worry. Yeah. But it shuts down the dopamine, the serotonin, the stuff that's good for sleep, or the stuff that in an autoimmune or an immunological sort of way represents holistic health throughout the whole body, physical and psychological. It, again, fouls the whole system up. But we don't know necessarily, and that does lead to depression then, eventually, because you're not sleeping. Your body's worn out. You're fatigued. There's an exhaustion comp component or piece to depression. And I think that's exhaustion not only psychologically, but that's physically. Your body with too much norepinephrine or adrenaline and cortisol is the byproduct of that. It really tears your body up. You don't digest your food well. You don't sleep well. You don't, again, eat the right kind of foods. Maybe you don't eat when you're supposed to. 
and you just start to kind of get sick. And your autoimmune or immunological system that's there to kind of help you to overcome diseases just doesn't work as well. Yeah, I feel like especially an example of this could be just like if you're worried about a test, you could get like, almost feel like you're going to like vomit or throw up or something like that, you know? Yes, that's the stress. That's the stress reaction. Yeah, it's just... And it's not not only tests. Oh, it's anything. It could be like jobs, you don't want to go to work, you have stress, you have stress driving. You got a problem with a primary relationship. Yeah, or you don't want to talk to someone. Yes. They they worry you about having the... Got financial problems. Oh, yeah, it could be anything. Anything Anything. that triggers that stressful feeling can be that way. That's right. So, So, I don't know if necessarily I'm going to make it so simple as if you're a, a night owl or a morning lark. What I am going to say is this, though, that whatever your predisposition might be, either to be somebody who goes to bed early and wakes up earlier or goes to bed later and wakes up later, or maybe just the, the whole idea, too, and we didn't mention this earlier. This is uh in our conversation, this is important too. You can throw your sleep cycle off so that your days and nights, they used to say, get confused. Stay up later every day, and before you know it, you're going to be staying up all night and sleeping all day. That can happen as well. And most often, those individuals probably would fall in this category of maybe having a higher preponderance uh, of anxiety and depression to associate that with that. But maybe more than just whether you might be inclined to be, again, a morning lark or a night owl, I think this has got to do with overall holistic health. Which means what? (laughs) It wasn't in the article, right? No, it was not in the article. It just means, though, we need to take care of every aspect, as much as we can, of managing stress, trying to be healthy, trying to keep a good sleep cycle or have good sleep hygiene, try to handle our emotional responses appropriately, try to use the brain power that most of us have to solve problems, don't adopt bad coping strategies and styles, hopefully not surround ourselves with all kinds of stressed out people, people who themselves are not managing life very well, yeah, just figure out what's good for you. Go to Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah Florida's great. Go or, to the beach. Go to the beach or... Go to a movie. In the middle of nowhere on a fishing lake somewhere. Yeah, go fish. Fishing's fun. Fishing's cool. But the reason I bring that up is because it's an ideal and we can take vacations, right? Or we can escape and you should... That's self-care, right? But holistic health is really then not only the actions, but the attitude and accepting that all these factors are going to be there, some of which we have more say over than others. You can't, like, pick your mom, right? Or whether or not you were exposed to what you were... It just happened. Right. It just happened. But what you can do is you can manage those things that you do have some say over. Which kind of gets back to maybe the article in this sense. I think the best I'm going to take from this is that I probably need to establish a normal sleep routine. Yeah, get your routine. And maybe, just maybe, it's better to go to sleep at night. Yeah. And be awake during the day. Yeah, well, you got the whole day left. You yes. Got, you got options. You know, if you, if you sleep throughout the day, half the stuff you want to do is not going to be closed or something. You have less time to do it. 
And with that, probably not do anything that's going to, in a natural sort of way, screw that up. Which we didn't mention that, but there can be all kinds of drug use, substance use, a variety of things, activities yeah. that otherwise are just not and many factors. Yes. So, but if we look at it in that holistic sort of way, that's really what holistic health is about. There is certainly a psychological component, but you can't separate the psychology from the physiology. The physical stuff and the head stuff have to be connected. Yes, there's got to be a connection between those two for it to, to work out. So, the late night blues, going to bed just a little bit earlier could help night owls guard their mental health. Maybe so. It could be, yes. If you look at it holistically. Yeah. So, Sam. Yes. <laughs> Guess what? What's going on? You were a great accomplice. Oh, I try my best, <laughs> you man. You did. You did fantastic. And for our listeners, I want to remind them, they're listening to Word with Dave Clay and... <laughs> Sam. <laughs> the lucky accomplice for the Sam week. Clay. And... We'd like to invite them back to our next podcast or episode of Word.